Hi, how are you, sir? I'm doing great. Dr. Tommy, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you for joining the Wellness and Wahala podcast. And for those of you tuning in for the very first time, this is a podcast that talks about public health wellness and also current affairs. Wahala, Wahala Nigerian Pigeon English means issues and problems. So I have a special VIP guest today. We have great gist for you on just basically emergency preparedness and how to really prepare in the midst of this pandemic and post-pandemic. So the special guest I have today, he's been on this podcast before. This is my second time having him here. Thank you so much. He is the founder and host of Atlanta Discuss podcast and Savannah Discuss. And this podcast, all of our podcasts are sponsored on NIDO Radio, which is Nigerians and Diaspora Organization Radio. And I'll drop the link in the bio so you can access the NIDO Radio 24-7 online anywhere in the world, of course, on this podcast platform, Anchor, any of the podcast platforms. So thank you so much, sir, for joining us. Over to you just to share, you know, an overview, background, bio summary of who you be, sir. Well, I mean, th- thank you again for inviting me for the second time. I'm always excited to join your podcast and program on NIDO Radio. I mean, you, you're doing a very good job giving people the awareness, not just on politics, but on health issues. And uh, well, no, Wahala is a, <laughs> it's a big it's a big thing in Nigeria. That means trouble. So how to navigate out of these things are also important. So I listen to the podcast too, and I get a lot of tips. Yeah, so like I said, I'm Adilu Balogo. I'm a project manager. I'm a podcaster. I'm also a broadcaster. I'm an entrepreneur. So uh, I'm a man of faith. And uh, I want, I, I'm a fervent believer in a new Africa. I believe Africa is the future. I believe that the world should take Africa very seriously. Uh, strategically, Nigeria, that has the largest concentration of black people in the world. I'm Nigerian by birth, as you know. Yes, sir. So that summarizes me in a nutshell. Okay, okay. And you're a great father. You forgot to add that to three young prince. So um, kudos to that. So thank you for being on the show. So first off, you know, emergency preparedness. I think that the whole world was really caught off guard from this COVID-19 Wahala pandemic. And people just thought, oh, you know, it'll be here for a few weeks, maybe a few months. And now we day two years in this. You understand? It's called COVID-19. Um, COVID is for coronavirus disease and the 19th is because it started in 2019 and we're in 2021 and we're going to 2022 soon by God's grace in the new year. So I think that um, number one, people need to understand that when you're dealing with viruses, viruses mutate because um, just from the public health standpoint, you know, the one that has been um has been spreading um, and mutating a lot across the world. Um, and the most predominant variant right now is the Delta variant. Even though there's other variants out there, the most predominant is Delta variant. And it's actually more infectious than the first original strand. Um, but I don't want people to for- to forget that, you know, public health, there's, there's, there's prevention. You know, I tell people that prevention is key. It's not just a COVID virus. Now we're going to winter, you know, there's, um, going to be flu viruses going around in the air. There's going to be cold, regular cold viruses, respiratory virus that still fall under the coronavirus family. 
um, the, the, the cold. Um, so I wanted to ask you, you know, as an engineer, as somebody that has lived in, in different countries, you know, as an expatriate and working um, across the Africa continent, you traveled all the world, you're here in the U.S. now. How can people prepare? Um, and I always like to, to do a three generational. So not just preparing for you, but how do you prepare for your children, your children's children? Like if there's a disaster, whether it's natural disaster, such as tornadoes and hurricane, you know, whether it's a man-made disaster, like violence, like war, or, you know, if it's a public health, you know, emergency disaster. And a big one is this Wahala pandemic. So, (laughs) you know, one thing we know is that it's gonna be around for a while. So that's why I believe emergency preparedness um, is especially um, key. And how do you prepare you know, at the financial level, mentally, spiritually, physically. Um, over to you, Sal. Well, I mean, the 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 preparation for all these things are pretty similar, but let me look at it from what you should do during the pandemic because it's, uh-huh. it's not gone. That is the COVID-19. It's uh-huh. not gone. We still have it. I mean, the COVID-19 pandemic shocked the world. It generated very... Uh, high levels of economic, political, and social uncertainty. You know, it just it was it just shocked everybody. You know, and for many people, the virus compounded the growing sense of uh, what you call uncertainty. You know, yeah. that already feeling their everyday life. Uh, with the many sudden changes that COVID has brought, uh, planning for the future can feel impossible. I mean, especially if you are not mentally, you know. So even short-term decisions become difficult. So what we'll do this weekend, should I send my kids to school? Should I go to the cinema? You know, can I go shopping? There's a lot of paranoia in the land. So yes. that requires us to process broad set of data and consideration, which some, some people don't like data and, you know, but you just <laughs> have to what CNN saying, what, what CDC saying, you know, right. trying to envision life months or a couple of years down the road may seem, you know, futile and possibly even you know, foolish in, in so many instances. So, mm-hmm. but when faced with high degrees of uncertainty, we tend to worry about all that might happen and all that. So it's only normal and we do so in an unstructured manner. So what are the things we might need to do? I think, I think number one, which mm-hmm. is about it, clarify your goals, you know, mm-hmm. finding a vision is a crucial first step. And, uh, and especially productive one for those of us who suddenly find our work or mission in peril. You know, for example, people work from home, some people got laid off, you know. A vision can be a preferred future, and that's the truth, you know. So you need to clarify the goals, a desired outcome, you know, or just an idea of what you need to to sustain yourself through that difficult time. So, I mean, some some goals, clarity of goals could be in the short term, but sometime in the short term then eventually in the long term so for example in the face of economic instability brought on you by COVID-19 your vision may be financially sustainable you understand right. it has right. to, yeah or even just merely surviving because human beings are survivalists by nature you understand Correct. now secondly you should also consider what futures you might face you know mm-hmm. what the future holds for you develop uh, scenarios to explore the future uh, I mean, especially if you look at what will happen in the future, because as it is now, we can all tell that it, a lot of things are going to be remote for a while. You know, scenarios are plausible, futures are strategically relevant, you know. 
structurally different. So they include elements from the past that carry forward, such as existing trends, you know. So a lot of things are changing. Some business are going to go down. That I mean, right now, for even kids are going to college, they can't just study any type of course again because some courses are going to be, <laughs> should I say, moribund, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, two, I mean, three, rather, identify the implications, you know. Once you have your scenarios, answer this question. What threat will you face in each? Mm-hmm. What challenges or opportunities will emerge? Which of your strengths and weaknesses do these scenarios highlight? Right. What question do they raise for you? I mean, you have to be systematic, no doubt. So when you answer this question, you have to be extremely systematic. So a good example is, uh, let me see, your implication may relate to the value of your asset right. and the opportunities that will be available to you in different scenarios. So for example, what applies to you might not apply to me. You know, a man that probably single has no kids, his scenario is completely different, you know. So you have to plan those strategies relating to your scenario. Now, number four, make your assumption explicit and examine their validity. That's a lot of pragmatism, you know. Mm-hmm. Our private assumptions are, uh, let me say, are Break often... down that grammar. That, that one, uh, not too much. Break it down. Uh, Okay, our assumption we just assume, you know, we don't we don't look at the reality of the situation on ground, you know, which makes it hard to examine or challenge them. You understand? So mm-hmm. we, we look at things vaguely. So, but we, we, we forget that. Okay, for example, if your total income is one thousand dollars a month, you don't make a budget based on three thousand. You understand what I'm trying to say? Right. Realistic. What is what are you sure of that will be consistent in the next one year? Right. Only plan on that, you know. So, so in, in our example, you know, I mean, the one I've always been giving to people like that, you know, counting on being able to return to your pre-COVID life might just be a dangerous assumption. You understand? It's probably never going to happen. If you understand what I mean, so you have to be realistic that that is never ever going to happen. Okay. Uh, another one is you review your option plans and decisions. You know, you have to start to devise your plan of action. What will you do when you arrive at an alternative future? For example, you know, like what, like this COVID now is an alternative future. But the truth is, some people are actually ready for it. They didn't know it was going to be COVID, but you know, but always plan ahead. Right. As well, financially, you must whatever you have in savings must always be enough to you know manage you, take you for the next six months. You know? Strategic foresight, that's what it's called. Mm-hmm. You might not know what the problem is going to be. War. It could be virus, it could be an epidemic, pandemic, whatever. But strategic foresight helps us look beyond the current situation, you know? You know, so so that you always, I mean, ideally, choose one that will hold in value for multiple future scenarios. Mm-hmm. Because people that were ready for this COVID, they didn't know it was going to be COVID, you understand? So they just prepared. So also, you can monitor and adapt. Establish a system to monitor early warning signs. So those that were ready, right? This is what they were doing. They were looking at things. They were looking. They were envisaging. Even even six months to that virus, people have been reading something in China. This is that. So they just they were not sure it would happen, but they they, they, they were ready, you know. So establish. I mean, that's money to adapt. So establish mm-hmm. a system. It's bad not to listen to news. I know there's so much news to be consumed. Should follow the news one way or the other, you know. So. Interest rate, for example, when interest rate goes down, we all know that maybe something, this is what it means. You don't have to be an economist to know that. Right. You know, employment in your industry, consumer and corporate confidence costs. Those are all the indices. Availability of COVID-19 treatment of vaccine. You know, they're just things you have to be abreast with to know that this is likely 
right now a lot of things are expensive they love uh, ships that have not dropped products at the port they love backlogs of this and that but to some people it's still not a problem because they saw it coming you know so accept uncertainty as a norm there will always be uncertainty that's another one forecasting has value you know but prudent people and organization do not bet everything on having things turn out the way they expected Mm-hmm. as a logical solution. So instead, they prepare for a wide range of possible scenarios, anything can happen kind of thing. So that's that. Be okay. humble about your ability to manage in the moment. You can't give what you don't have. That's what that means. I, I don't want to speak too much there. Uh, live within be, your means. Abi? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Sorry. Take off the blinders. You know, for example, COVID-19 pandemic clearly has shown how quickly the world can change. Okay? So massive disruption are not as rare as we would like to think, but disruptive change can seem as though, you know, it can just come like that, just like COVID came. So those are, you know, so take off the blinders. When it happens, it happens. You have to shape up, you know, brace up and, you know, take the bull by the horn, you know. So be brave. So, but the thing, but the thing is, you're saying um, strategies for people that are already, I would say, financially stable. But how about for those that are not fully financially stable, they're living paycheck to paycheck, which is the majority of people anyways, you understand? So if if you're looking at the majority, and we're not talking about those that are, you know, in the probably top 10, 20%, but the majority of people in the middle class, working class, um, live paycheck to paycheck. They don't have an emergency fund meaning that god forbid if they lose their job you know they have an emergency fund of like at least they say at the minimum you need to have like three months of your salary saved up in case you know even if you have to get on unemployment and so forth that doesn't cover all of your overhead costs your basic necessities like your rent and you know water and just your essential even if you know you get government assistance for food stamps if you have multiple children and family members um now i know they have conora um, virus relief and they're giving additional funding but um that that's not sustainable so you have to also have um different savings and investments um in place and multiple investments so i know people as you were saying you know you have to look at a short-term plan medium long-term plan you know some people can pull out of some so, so for example some people might have 401k they be like oh i can i can borrow out of that or i can take you know sell some of my shares i have some you know some natural um you know commodities like gold and so forth that i can that i can sell and 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 get funding even if they don't have the raw cash so but for those that are not in that position how can they work towards getting there well Number one, they have to be brave. You understand? I mean, if you are broke and there's a pandemic or war or something, you are, when you're broke, you're broke. If you don't have savings, you don't have savings. Wahaladeh. Wahaladeh. It is what it is, you know? Yes. You keep on relevant and plausible scenarios on the table, whether you like it right. or not. You know? So even if they scare you, I mean, too often we ignore scenarios, you know, mm-hmm. that we be low in probability. It, nothing, I mean, as much as these things are shocking, you know, we we do the signs are always there but we just don't look so you have it's to be yeah. as as there are people that went into covid poor and they are millionaires today you understand yeah. so yeah we've seen there's a lot of i know a lot of young girls young boys 
early 20s, late 20s, they are cleaning up doing online businesses now, you know. So that goes to the second, keep an eye open for opportunities. You know, in times of high uncertainty and crisis, we tend to revert to playing defense, which is stupid, you understand? Attack is the best form of defense. When keep an eye open for opportunity, no matter how terrible your scenario is, look at what, there are people that went into COVID rich. There are a lot of stocks that were very high up there. Imagine, look at Zoom. Zoom was, really nothing before COVID. Now, look at the shares. During COVID, the thing just went high. You know, all the online modes of communication. So, keep an eye open for opportunity. Well, mm-hmm. for a broke person, you're not going to maybe uh, be a millionaire just like that, but you have to look for the opportunities. Because that lesson that the mere fact that you were caught napping should be the eye opener for you, you know, and uh, you know, take the bull by the arm. Recognize the emotional journey. It's another thing people don't do, you know. Mm-hmm. with scenarios can challenge your assumption and at times you know feel like a threat to your knowledge and expertise so you have to strengthen your strategic foresight muscle very very key you know be discerning you know however you know you have to build your capacity because development is ongoing it is continuous a lot of us are just dead dormant if you are dormant if you don't grow you don't develop yourself you are playing with fire oh. you know yeah, I think that that we have to we have to pause there. You you need to talk more about that about developing yourself. So I think that one of the things that you're saying is that you know we we should not just rely on just one income. Um, and I'm and I'm also yeah. That's actually, that's actually what I was trying to say. You must have a yeah. side hustle. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You can't you can't have COVID has taught you that everybody. It's not even a, a side hustle. You know. I'm telling you, I'm talking about multiple streams of income. And also, you said something about, you know what I'm saying? As an entrepreneur, you should always be on top of improving your performance to your customer. You said also some of the key points and gems that I want to repeat for my audience because they're just great is that you also have to pay attention to the trends. You also have to look at the impact of technology. As you said, a lot of people have started thriving, launching new online businesses. But then, you know, you also look, you have to look and study the news, the policy environments. You understand and understand what policies are enabling to you and to your business. What type of grants, what type of opportunities are out there, contracts that you can be able um, to access for your business. But the, the issue is that um, one of the things that I was studying, you know, Forbes has a list of like the richest billionaires, right? And of course, if we're talking about, you know, the big boys, the big old guys back at home, like the Aliko Dangotes, the Mike Adenugas, um, and the Femi Ote Dollars and, and so forth. And even just the unknown billionaires that we know back in our village, most of them have at least seven streams of income at the minimum side. <laughs> so it's not just one side hustle, you know, and why I say seven streams of income, it doesn't necessarily, it necessarily have to be like seven different businesses, but at least seven streams of income, they go to sleep and their account is still getting an alert, whether it's in real estate investments, whether it's, you know, shareholders in different top companies, whether, you know, is um, in, in banking and in infrastructure development, like they at least seven, sir, and some of them have more. So can you speak on that, on how to diversify your income streams? Okay, uh, well, let me go back to where you started. And I'll I'll respond this way. Recognize the emotional journey. You have to be Mm. honest with yourself, you know? Yeah, and recognize the emotional journey. 
engaging with scenarios can challenge your assumptions at time at all times you know that it makes uh, like feel like a threat to your knowledge and expertise so when you strengthen your strategic foresight muscle you know this will help build your capacity to be decisive you know in very uncertain times of course it could be discomforting but ultimately right. it becomes you become a future fit for all these scenarios you understand right. now the other thing is give it action you know mm-hmm. link your reflection about the future to actual decisions mm-hmm. make it mm-hmm that decision actionable. Strategic foresight is there to enable you make things better for yourself. So when you talk about, I mean, for me, the way I was trained is for every $100, you pay your tie, mm-hmm. then, then you have $90 left, okay? All right. You save 30, you reinvest 30, and you spend 30. Hey, yeah. wait, break that down though, because yeah. you just talked about the spiritual aspect, which will bless the money that comes in because everything that we have, God owns. So that's the 10%. And then you said 30% you put away, correct? To save? To save 30%. You I, reinvest, a... I reinvest and 30% I keep for spending. Nice. And so, I still... so people should right now. But make sure that they that they that they put their spending level within that thirty percent bracket, meaning that you have to cut back on a lot of things. Yeah, I mean it's it's so doable because if most times, I mean, well, I've give been... me one example. Like one thing that I cut back off is like on cable, you know, because we stream a lot of things anyway. So I have saved. Do you understand? Two hundred or more, not having you know um, <laughs> Comcast. Not trying to throw them under the bus, but they're a mess. So, <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of people won't agree with you, but I think well, the, the answer to that is write down your expenses. You yeah. know, it's not everybody that likes. Uh, I mean, I I use my computer very well, but when it comes to yeah. things like this, I rather pick up a pen and I write down. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. When you know what your expenses entail, you can easily okay, these are wants, these are necessities, these are luxuries. You know, there's a way you can. Some things, if you don't do it, you will not die. You you get what exactly. I'm trying. Exactly. For example, you don't you don't indulge your kids every day with pizza. Fast foods are expensive. You understand? Because some, but most times it's not even so there. You eat more veggies. I'm just giving examples. You know, eat more veggies and you know try and cook more. You know, so that's your grocery bill. You can you can find ways to you, you know that kind of thing. There's a way you yeah. can read that. You understand? Then there are times that it's clear that you don't have to drive everywhere again. You know that kind of thing. You know, there's right. a you can shop online they deliver to you you don't have to go so you're saving gas you know that's, that's a part of it i mean you you sometimes as the time i had to go to north carolina so i looked at it is the plane cheaper for me or drive okay so if i drive all night i'll be i've been rallying six hours but if i fly it might okay so why don't i just so it's it's the function yes. what 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 reduces your expenditure does not necessarily have to be what reduces mine so there are not two same scenarios but there are some uh there's some things uh some there's some common denominators you understand we spend so much on some luxury items like clothes you know everybody has so many clothes mm-hmm. you don't need nobody needs to have 10 pairs of shoes for example no and if right. you have a lot you should try to donate to people you that are less it. fortunate right so and the clutter so i think you just said a key point out it's not just the cluttering from unnecessary expenses but just on so many things that we have that are not necessarily necessities and that there's others that you can be a blessing too. So I always like to to say that, you know, try to do, especially now that we're going towards 
the new year. This year is rounding up by God's grace. God will protect us to the next um, fiscal year that we're entering in 2022. So it is. this is a good time this holiday season to really do a lot of cleaning and also do a lot of inventory of what you really don't have. I mean, you know, you, you haven't lost that weight or you, maybe you have lost that weight and you have a whole bunch of big clothes that you need to give away you need to give it away you know what i'm saying and make room for for more blessings your way um and you can convert maybe like a decluttered closet that was full of a whole bunch of junk you know to i've seen people now done some home renovations where you know they use the extra space to create like a nice home office or a nice you know a nice prayer room or you know game room or something so what are ways where um people can you know practical ways like like you said the first step is really identifying you know your spending habits and seeing where you can cut down right but then when you now are able to cut down and save you said that people should use this great formula which you've been using for years and I think a lot of successful people use and stay within their means is that 10% to God 30% 30% to savings, 30% to investments, and then living on 30%. Correct, sir? Absolutely. Okay. That, that I think, is just honest and is something that... And when you say 30% investment, is is diverse investments, right? Because you're yeah. not just focusing on one area. You That's how, you know, you make sure that you minimize the risk. So can you give us some examples of how people can start investing in certain areas oh that's that's a lot there's a lot of things you can do i mean there there are side also like i said there are things you can invest in i mean people go on fiverr there you can you can learn new new trades you can learn new i mean if you go to coursera for example you can learn their courses go on udemy go on youtube there's so many things but it is a function of what you're gifted in i always tell people okay how many people can sew sewing it's it's a lot of money you know if you can sew there are a lot of people that you know there are things you can do i always advise people do things invest in things that involve essential services things mm-hmm. people always need you know people think things are day-to-day you know i don't want to be too too because what works for me might not really work for the other person right you understand? Yeah, I like the crypto business. I like stocks, but it's not every. But stocks sometimes, most times actually, is for the long haul. You have to be patient. You know, mm-hmm. it's not everybody that has a high for it. The patience for it. But if, for example, you are earning a hundred dollars and you have thirty dollars to save, you know, you you probably won't be able to do any extraordinary investment. So, I mean, so but the truth actually is that when it comes to what you wear, for mm-hmm. example buy summer clothes during the fall and vice versa you know when it's going to be cheaper so there's no point going to buy something extraordinary when you don't really need it your christmas tree your christmas light for last year is in the garage bring it out this year dust it up you don't really have to buy a new one you have to keep it so there are a lot of things or you don't need it because i don't really celebrate christmas because uh santa claus jesus was not born when um in the winter time that's number one and then two <laughs> that's yeah, that's, that, for another that's, time. that's, yeah, that's so, another thing but the point is what the, i'm the, trying to it's really supposed to be the celebration of jesus and, and and gathering with your family and retelling the story of christ so um me i'm like i don't even do um you know those wasted spending of buying um 
tree and all of that. You know what I'm saying? So I think, I think that it's just really looking at our lives and, and, and just being honest with ourselves. So to, to, to make this emergency preparedness plan and to be, you know, and to be financially and spiritually and mentally um, in alignment and, and secure um, because one thing we know for sure, there's always going to be some type of <laughs> emergency disaster, whether it's a pandemic, whether it's a natural disaster or man-made, you know, it, it, that's for sure. So if we, if we look at history since the beginning of time. So the thing is, we need to do what we need to do um, to prepare now. Um, and you just gave some really good tips for midterm and, and short-term and long-term um, strategic planning, emergency preparedness. But um, I wanted you to talk more about generational, you know, planning and how do you teach your children about like emergency preparedness? You know, like there's basic things like I teach, you know, my daughter about, you know, emergency planning. So if it's like a medical emergency, you know, do we have a first kit kit in the house? How can they get a first aid kit? If you have, you know, you can be in a car, something might happen. Do we have first aid kits in the car? Do we have bandages? Do you have like what type of thing that's that's at the minimum level and then when you tell them that oh you know let's say there's a financial emergency god forbid let's say you're unresponsive and your children you know need to get help have you trained them to say okay this is how you you know get help in an emergency situation if we have to hurry up and evacuate you don't have cash on hand what are the things that you need to take in an emergency where you need to evacuate do you have your passport do you have your id your birth certificate like what are some things that in the actual emergency preparedness, so I want to do like a role play right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, uh, it's just peculiar to each family that all yeah. families are different. I mean, that fam- all families are different, but there's some basic things that, that, that are consistent and cross cutting that every family should have. So, yeah, like, for example, not- every family should have a first aid kit, you know, so that that's just basic. <laughs> yeah, but the, the point is this what, what I'm trying to say is that, I mean, if you look at an, an average family, like you said, they will have a first aid kit, but do the children know how to use it? Do they know how to process it? Do you know how to band it? Do you know how to use a plaster and all that? So those are things you you go with your kids. That's what parenting comes right. in. So what you do, I mean, you don't overindulge kids. A lot of us pamper the kids too much. You do too much for them. I mean, historically, when you look at all the great men in the world, if you look, let's look at music now. Let's look at Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. At age two, he had a symphony. By four, he had an orchestra. By six, I can't remember where he had done. But today, we look at a three-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old as too young to do some things. Right? Whereas history has shown that even at that age, people did extraordinary things. So where am I going, really? Now, we indulge children too much. There's too much of TV, too much of games. Those are things that are out there. So many things we should teach them how to do. For example, when they when you give them money, you, you get them a piggy bank. You know, when people give them money, auntie, uncle, wherever, or what they give, let them have a piggy bank. They must learn how to save from from the beginning, from age four. This is my piggy bank. So in future, maybe, oh, that child is now eight years old. They need a soccer boot, for example. He picks from his piggy bank. He's probably going to use that boot, soccer boot well. He's going to deal with it better because it's coming from his own piggy bank, you know, that kind of thing. Then the way we raise kids, especially people of African descent, like I said, we, we tend to indulge kids too much. We assume they can't do this or that. The truth, however, is that if you look at Jews, for example, the way they bring up kids is it's so, so, so different, you know? They, they, they enshrine in them, they imbibe that culture of hard work in them. 
that culture of decency in them, that culture of business in them. So that some of them, by the time they are leaving college, you know, they're, they're ready to face the world with a plan already of what they want right. to do, how they want to do and all that. So okay. we black people, we're, we're actually very guilty in that area. So <laughs> this is one, we have to accept the new reality. You understand? Yeah, yeah we're, we're, you know, we have to accept. It's not, yeah. There's no reason in any family where you do not touch your children how to do CPR, for example. It is so, so important. Do you understand? I mean, you have the, the generation of diabetes or the, the record of diabetes in your home, you know that when there's an attack, the low sugar, they, they must know what to do before the ambulance comes because five seconds is a lot in healthcare, in survival, you understand? So, I mean, when you have kids at home, people always fall down, they are always break this, break that, they always be blood. So they must be, I mean, you will not always be there. That's just the truth of the matter. So you have to let them know. But so it's not just the basic on health, the basic of life, you know, how to talk to people. That's why the male child, how to engage with girls in their class, how to engage other people, how to yeah. say thank you, for example, you understand how to be courteous, you know, how to be sincere, honesty and obedience, very key. Even in heaven, obedience is the first law. So we need to imbibe this culture. As terrible as the world is, as bastardized as things might be in the world, drugs, guns and all that, corruption and what have you, there's still a lot of very decent people out there. So it's actually a function of association. So it is time that you make sure, even as a parent, the people you associate with count, you know, especially in this part of the world. So subsequently, if you associate properly, you know, good church, good good friend, quality people, you know, with good principles, your kids interact with their kids. I mean, that solves 50% of the problem in my own opinion, you understand? So accept that new re- re- you might not be in that specter right now but you can always recalibrate accept uh, the new reality and uh, kick the ground rolling now the thing other thing is you have to process it don't numb it you know we all love running away from our emotions you know we rather overlook neglect ignore or numb the feeling because let's be honest we don't know how to deal with them but you know we still have to process it sometimes the solutions don't come immediately. What applies to Mr. A does not apply to Mr. B. All scenarios are different, you know, but you have to have a, situ- a solution that is peculiar to your scenario. The man that has a child and the one that has six, the organogram is completely different, you know. So it's, uh, but you have to be holistic in your approach. You have to plan, you have to start, you have to think. That's why we have the brain, the medulla oblongata, the cerebrum, the cerebrum. If you look, I mean, for those that don't know, if you check it out, they all have a purpose. And that's why God gave them to us, you know. So, having said all that, you have to seek and provide emotional support, you know, to your children. Because right now, it's not just, I mean, adults that suffer mentally, kids, you, you have to give a listening ear to them, you know. So, all those things, you, you can't plan, you can't strategize, you cannot communicate with people that are mentally imbalanced, you know. So, you have to seek for yourself mental and emotional support. And you have to give to people also, you know. So, let me just leave it at that. And I think another thing I also need to say is you have to stay connected to your tribe, especially during this COVID time. It doesn't mean you yes, should not. Your village or supporter. <laughs> your village, uh, that's what you call your support system, you know, mm-hmm. will have to be. So tribe is just, doesn't necessarily mean black people with black people, but your 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 network, you know, because your network. Your network of your close friends. friends yeah, yeah. You know, your quality people. You know, they're not really, like I always say, loyalty is very key. Loyalty is ride or die. So you're ride or die, people. You have to stay in contact. Are you loyal? Are you loyal? Is that what you say? Are you a loyal ride or die? 
I'm, I'm always loyal to Mexico. <laughs> that's what you're asking, but. <laughs> No, Wahala. I think I think that um, is a good point to leave it on. So um, to round up today, once again, thank you all for tuning in, and thank you to Nido Radio, Nigerians and Diaspora Radio. You can tune in twenty four seven, anytime, um, to listen to the show and so many other um, empowering and educating and entertaining programs. Um, so how can people reach you after this show and do you have any last um, words to close us out and then I will give you all the African proverb of the week in line with our topic today on emergency preparedness thank you Sai over to you well I'm uh, on Twitter I'm uh, at babadakba1 you can send me a message on Twitter I'm Atlanta Discourse it's on uh, it's on Spotify it's on Anchor it's very easy to reach me I'm uh, I'm on Facebook Adiolu Balogun the second so it's I'm very available I'm I'm in public domain so but in closing the only thing I have to add to people is that make time to create moments of joy you know yeah. while the battle against the virus my field is happening you know it is essential to cultivate practices that give us joy it is more it is onerous it is, there's always something to celebrate you know count your blessings and i think also yeah, uh, yeah. not to cut you off but i know you this month um you also do the remembrance of your um popsy your dad that passed and also my dad um which also puts into perspective what you're saying that you know try to you know um connect with your village and tribe of supporters your family your friends um try to create memories try to have joyful moments um because you know every second counts and is is those memories that that we keep alive um for those that um that that have been affected um in this pandemic that have passed away but even those that we have lost beforehand um i i think that that key point is is very important so over to you sir Well, like I said, make time to create moments of joy. Engage in activities beyond the constant COVID talk. You know, when you talk about things that give you bad memory, it brings you. It brings <laughs> so, you, what type of activities like jogging, exercise, dancing? Jogging, jogging is jogging is very relevant. You have to exercise. You have to sweat it out, burn it football, out. Football? Don't you do football club with the boys? Soccer? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. most all parents do that. But exercise is good. You you meditate. Mm-hmm. You. I mean, try and spend 30 minutes or an hour with God. It's good, you know. You need to recalibrate. Then try and read a book. There are a lot of books out there that 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 you need to learn. What book are you reading right now? What's your favorite? Oh, I mean, how Europe developed on that, on that developed Africa. I've had it for a long time. I never oh, read nice. it. Nice. Yeah, how Europe developed. So from that, I'm moving to Kwame Nkrumah, Challenges of the Congo. You know, okay. I had the book, but I didn't read it. I only read something that had to do with the Nigerian Civil War. But now I'm reading the the whole book. Yeah, so I have quite a list, but that's where I'm. Then the next one, I'll decide the third one subsequently. So you can spend nice. time, read your Bible. You know, so uh, then and now you- they have audio versions. So for people like me, they're so busy. I I'm a, I'm a good reader, but now I um. I invest in a lot of the audio versions so the book can read to me. <laughs> All right. Thank so. you for once more. I I I'm always available when you need me and uh what you're doing a good job. Keep it up. Thank you. Thank you for being on the Wellness and Wahala podcast. So, the African proverb of the week that I'm going to leave you all 
in regards to emergency preparedness. And once again, shout out to NIDO Radio. Um, the proverb comes from Kenya, and it says, Even the lion, the king of the forest, and I'm a Leo, y'all, so protects himself against flies. So even Jehovah is known as the lion of the tribe of Judah. So once again, I really love this proverb. It comes from Kenya. It says, Even the lion, the king of the forest, protects himself against flies. So even animals do emergency preparedness. You understand, sir? So, so we that are human beings that God has blessed us with, you know, overload of wisdom and resources, we should be able to do preparedness. Even the small, small ants, you know, they save up for the winter time. So, what do you think about that African proverb from Kenya? I, I like it. I mean, it's uh, it's thought provoking, and like you said, there's more wala coming. Wala never ends. You know, you solve one, another one is coming. You know, yeah. yeah. There were people that witnessed the first and second world war. So after the first world war, they never thought there's going to be, and they were not too too far apart. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you ask an average Israeli, every day they are war. They are surrounded by a lot of Muslim nations, so they're always up on their toes and calculating. So you always have to keep guard, yeah, and protect you have to yourself. Keep guard. Everybody, like we've said in the past, you know, victory or defeat is in the hands of God. So you celebrate the struggle every moment. You have to be up on your toes, never be relaxed. The only time you rest is when you die. Yeah. So, yeah, on that note, <laughs> you know, I want to thank our VIP guest, engineer Adeba Logan, for being on the Wellness and Wahala podcast. Please protect yourself, have your guards up, but most importantly, you know, share joy, spread love to those in your village and your tribe. And I wish you all no Wahala this season. Bless up and I can't wait um, for our next show, which I'm going to have some great giveaways before the end of the year. So thank you once again to Nido Radio, our sponsors, Nigerian and Diaspora Radio. Tune in online 24-7 for great entertainment and education and enlightened and empowering shows. Thank you, Sa, once again, and God bless. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye-bye. tuning into the wellness and wahala podcast so i leave you with our celebrity ambassador afro trap queen tt Loki, and soul lv slv soul love song called for you have a blessed season
Mardi Daka. It's your baby number one, no be lots of. And now with you, all the kills and they scatter. Your love is the truth. Can't spit on your mic like I'm in the booth. You bring me peace and the comfort too. Search everywhere, there's no one like you. Like your love on plate.